Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast explores contemporary art, film, and design across six continents. In 2019, we visited art schools and universities in the United States and Canada to begin recording Voices of the Future. In 2020, we present the first episodes in our student edition, Conversations About Creativity with Emerging Makers and Producers. Given opportunities to explore and experiment, students are discovering how they can shape the world they live in. What issues and ideas spark their creative impulse? Today, we take you to Toronto. We're here to meet a group of graduate students at the Ontario College of Art and Design University, also known as OCAD. For the Intro to Curatorial Practices course, their goal is to research, develop, and activate an exhibition in the digital realm. In the first weeks of the semester, students are defining their roles and designing their strategy. Professor Andrea Fotona sets the stage for our conversation. Tonight's topic will look at the ways in which curatorial practice can be extended outside of the space of the physical structure, but also really thinking about the ways in which the notion of the educational turn, the curatorial turn, will allow us to imagine, not only imagine, but to produce new curatorial forms that are transformative in the world. The students are gathered here to learn something very specific with you as first and second year grad students. So this is an introductory course to criticism and curatorial practice at OCAD University. It's a studio course, meaning that in the context of the course, students are engaging with both scholarly material, but more importantly, actually producing and making exhibitions. By the end of this course, our students should be able to not only present physical exhibitions, but also to present exhibitions in other formats, such as an online format. This course is also meant to be one in which students can push their knowledge and push the exhibition-making process as well as the exhibition-making form. Among assigned readings for the course, there's a paper by curator Maria Laura Guidini about the field of curating on the web Gidini's writing sparks a dialogue about the range of forms this project could take. I'm Alex, a first-year master's in criticism and curatorial practices. I have a background in graphic design. It really gave us a chronicle of how people have curated on the web. Questions that it kind of brought up for me are a little bit more of the tangible aspects, like how long do you buy your domain for? How long do you update the code? People were making websites before, and we've kind of gone through the blog era, and now we're in the platform era. So if you are to make a website, how does it connect to other platforms? Because if it does not, it will not get traffic, essentially. So how do you navigate all those things in the history of the web? Uh, my name's Jackie. I'm a second year graduate student in strategic foresight and innovation. What are the ways in which we are able to use the word curatorial and use 
the curatorial practice in a accessible way. I think especially because like kids these days are on the platform so much that they are inherently practicing curation. So it becomes less of a barrier, less of a inaccessible ivory tower practice and more of an everyday thing. Any other thoughts about what platforms you think that you would need to interface with for this project? Well, I totally agree with Jackie that most people in our generation are a little bit more used to curating themselves, especially because you can delete a post. You can, mm -hmm. uh, there are tools to lay out all your posts before you post them. So I think people are really starting to teach themselves a lot more visual literacy that isn't being taught in schools. Mm -hmm. But as for platforms go, it's a really interesting topic because the whole exhibit could just be an Instagram account, right? Mm -hmm. It could just be a Twitter feed. It could be a website and then those are used to promote it. It could be like medium blog spot. There are a lot of ways to go about it. Students consider some of the challenges and opportunities. My name is Jenna. In terms of what our priority is, I think that right now we are talking a lot about the aesthetics of the website. We're thinking a lot about what kind of social medias we want to bring into our website, if we want to work on social media, if we want to work on an independent website, and what will give us the most traction with our audience. Tell me what the subject of the exhibition will be. My name is Delilah. We've decided to talk about intimacy on the internet, however that might be interpreted by the artists. Writing a definition is something that we're talking about, which is interesting because it'll be interpreted by artists of all sorts of mediums, but of course writing this from what we're asking is, I think is going to pose maybe a bit of a challenge for everybody. Uh, my name is Sam. Right now we're discussing which artists to bring into the exhibition and how we're going to be doing that. So right now we are talking about different ways of doing a call for entry and if we want to only do a call for entry and an invitational aspect or only invitational and right now I think we are focused on that more call for entry open spectrum. Um, I think it's really exciting when you open it up because you don't know what you're going to get. What do you consider your strengths that you bring to this project? I'm interested in outreach. I do some of my own kind of visual art and graphic design. So if we're trying to promote posters, Instagram, that kind of thing, I can see myself kind of ending up in a in a collaborative group that's more about like, the promotional material. You can um, hashtag things. Yeah, I'm a good hashtagger. <laughs> I don't have too much Instagram clout, but... <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of interested in that, but I also would like to learn more about even just how to make like, a cohesive web page. I can see myself dabbling in, in different groups because it seems like a really good opportunity to just expand your skill set a little bit. I think I would argue, but I, I guess time will tell, that I can act as a good facilitator, I'd imagine. But I think it also is a, a new way of looking at it, given that this is an online platform, but just be that conversations that we might have with the artists or about the direction that the work might take. Well, I've curated a lot in brick-and-mortar spaces, and I've not really tapped into the online platform as an exhibition space, and so I'm interested in learning and seeing that develop from a digital platform rather than, you know, you're in a space, you're physically looking at work, you're putting it on the wall. Here, you don't have that, and so I think it's a really interesting way of looking at curation differently. They talk about achieving project milestones. 
Do you have thoughts about how you're going to find people that want to talk about intimacy on the internet? Cassandra, right now we're looking into how we want the digital space to actually be and how we want the artwork to reside within the space. So we're wondering if we should start with the space and then look for artists and artworks that will fill the space or should we have a call and create the space to fit the artwork? Marilyn. We were thinking about ways to also critique or infiltrate different spaces. So when we're looking at things like the white cube, we're like maybe not necessarily doing a white cube sort of website. We're looking at ways to critique the institution, but also from within it. My name's Alexander. Yeah, seeing the internet space and how it functions in proxy to the artworks, like is it a destination site where works will exist or is it works exist physically and are engaged with on a digital plane in which we are physically on the other side of that plane? Like what's that sort of phenomenological relationship? Can artists in this exhibition do both? Can they be works that are created specifically for and by the internet or is there a physical relationship to this like, viewing experience that we're like otherwise not necessarily able to access through our geographic proximity to the work. Because the theme of the exhibit has to do with the digital and intimacy, we want to create a space where intimacy can unfold. This is a very ambitious exhibition, so what can we achieve? Stefania, I feel like a new subject will come out of what the artists think of what we're trying to get them to do for this show. And once we see the art that is being presented to us, I feel like we it'll be easier to figure out how we're going to tackle the idea of the Virgil exhibition. How do you envision a public event or programs? I think it would be nice to have some sort of gathering to kind of make physical what we are trying to do with this exhibit. I do personally want to represent the Latin American community because that's part of who I am and there's always that, that need for me to show something that relates to my own culture. But also I feel like that the technology and, and social media and things like that is actually the space that my entire culture, at least the people from my country, use technology to feel connected to each other, not so far away. I feel like first I would consider the exhibition as already public facing, it's publicly engaged. And I also think that the digital facet of the exhibition offers like buy-in from folks in other communities that can't like come to Toronto. Like I myself am from a rural northeastern community, like a little farm town and so like I've been using Instagram and I have like used it as a as a way to gain proximity to like cultural and artistic spaces in urban settings. So I feel like because it's digital, we have the entire world. I would love to see rural artists who can't otherwise show works in mm -hmm. Toronto. Like that to me is way more interesting. Absolutely. Students voice the potential for creating a virtual community. I'm Rebecca, and I work collectively usually, but in like sculpture and large-scale installation. So it's a bit different because it's more like physical labor rather than intellectual labor, which is, I'm finding out, um, curating consists of. 
I think that the communities that exist online are just like ripe for mining. I think like a lot of really important conversations are happening internationally online, especially just because it's so easy to talk to people like in Japan from my living room. So I think that it's gotten so international and be nice to tap into that. Hi, I'm Priscilla. I usually curating with a bunch of artists, so this is not very much different, but this time it's a bunch of curators because of the internet, so it's easy to connect. So with our new project, I think that we can branch out to a lot of places and just one place in the world. I'm Nina. I have spent the last few years working as an educational programmer for uh, different arts organizations in Toronto. A lot of my work in that has just been solo. I've been doing most of the researching and the educational outreach to uh, other arts organizations or to schools to write educational programming for teachers and to disseminate among their students. And so I'm really interested in how we can use internet curating as a platform to open that up to more people and to kind of expand the idea of what educational programming could look like and to not have it just be this one-to-one -one relationship between me as a gallery administrator and the teacher and for them to then give that information to their students. I think it can be a lot more than that. So I'm interested in seeing what uh, this project will turn into. Do you have any other thoughts about the challenge of working with this many people? We were actually just having a conversation before coming in here. We were trying to figure out how, as a group, to visualize a non-physical space. So I think that's going to be a challenge. We want to think about how to create a unique space that's on the internet, but we don't know how that will actually translate into being perceived as a space. That's a, a big part of the conversation right now. Mm -hmm. And Priscilla is the only one that's uh, tech savvy in our group. <laughs> so she's kind of outlining the limitations that we have um, timeline-wise, because mm -hmm. creating a space online, we really want to like engage with 90s internet culture and like new age internet culture and make sure our space is reflective of the current internet and the history of it. Because I'm the only one that is computer literate. <laughs> it's really hard to be that way because not a lot of people know how our internet works or how coding works. So like being the only one to be able to do that is just going to be like posing limitations on myself <laughs> and what we can do to actually make this space actually how we want it to be. Well, I think a lot of it also depends on the artists that we're curating for, and we just don't know who they're going to be yet. So I think that the shape of the project is going to change drastically mm -hmm. based on who we include in the project and how their works interact with the other artists. This is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. We were privileged to meet graduate students at the Ontario College of Art and Design University in September 2019. They introduced us to the beginnings of an online exhibition platform they would create for the Intro to Curatorial Practices course. Within a few months of our encounter, the students forged an interdisciplinary curatorial collective. In December 2019, they launched the exhibition titled Connection underscore Found. Online now, works by seven artists illustrate the quirks of navigating intimacy on the web. OCAD University, curating in the digital realm, is one of our 2020 student edition episodes. If you like what you're hearing, Subscribe to Fresh Art International wherever you go to listen. 
Meet the students behind the voices on Instagram at FreshArtintl. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, and listeners like you make Fresh Art International possible. Visit our website to learn more and explore episodes with curators from around the world. While you're there, sign up for our latest news and give a donation to support these stories. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk. <music>